Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my veteran B-Real listeners out there. It's Sergeant B-Real. I got Lane Ballone here today. This dude, wait till you hear this guy, man. This guy here, he has got, I'm sure he can get some, there's some really juicy stories we could hear, but he might not be allowed to talk about those because this gentleman was one of those Green Beret guys and he was special ops and stuff like that. So he's going to have some interesting conversations with us here, but he's also going to talk to us a little bit about things he's doing now, things he did while he was in the military and how he transitioned out, kind of like everybody, all the guys we've been having on. So pay attention, listen up, Lane is a very big influencer too in the veteran community. He's on the Veteranpreneur Tribe. He's in there involved with a lot of the leaders in there and and Lane does it right. All right. So this is why we're having Lane on. I'm I'm a, and Lane, I'm excited to have you on, man. So the floor is yours. Well, appreciate it, brother. And yeah, for those that are listening, this is going to be a great one because we all go through challenges through transition and my story is just like many of the other veterans that shared their story, riddled with challenges, riddled with things to overcome, but you know, you just got to keep perseverance. I guess a little background on me is I grew up in Oklahoma, joined the military at age 17 and had a lot of ambition, but I didn't know where I was going. I had no direction. So I joined the military and I actually joined as an Intel analyst. And as a 17 year old, I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I thought it meant you gather an Intel and all this kind of stuff on the ground. And that definitely wasn't what it was. My first duty station was Germany and I spent about a year and a half there. And that's where I decided that I needed to join the special forces or at least attempt to, right? And so I went and tried out for selection, made it, went through the Q course as an engineer and spent about eight years in special forces and did a lot of different kinds of missions, went to Iraq a couple of times, did a lot of training missions in Europe and also was one of the select few to go to Libya after the Benghazi attack. And so we did some stuff down there and also in other places in Africa. So my experience as a Green Beret really set up my transition out of the military for success. But before even transitioning out, being able to decide that I needed to get out was was a challenge because, you know, serving your country, serving with great men and women of the country in the military, it's one of those decisions where it's like, man, I... I could really continue to keep going because if you're good at something, you know, you're like, man, I got a, I got something really good on my hands. But I knew that for me and my journey, I knew that I had to get out of the military, but that decision itself was, was challenging. And especially during that period of, I was in an E8 role, master sergeant role as an E7. Mm -hmm. And I was mentoring and leading men that were going to be lifers basically, you know, in 20. And there was a moment to where 
I was telling them that this is, how, this is exactly how you can have a successful career in the military. This is what's made me successful. And, and at the same time, I was contemplating on getting out. So that kind of break or that divide within myself was, was pretty challenging. But you know, at the end of the day, you got to listen to your heart. You got to say, all right, what do I really want? And then just make that decision. Yep. And also it was, wasn't just me, but my, my wife and I, we made the decision together. And so that was basically my military career. You know, I did a lot of different things, Arctic warfare. I was a sniper. I did a lot of CQB. I was part of highly advanced, even within special forces, counterterrorism unit, uh, helped stand up a new counterterrorism unit within the special forces and did, did a bunch of different things and uh, had, a, had a really great time doing all of it. And so we can start beginning with the transition period, right? So for all those that are listening, you know, the, the transition, the pivot from military to what you do next is when, when you boil it down to it, it's about exposure. Exposure to what you believe to be the next thing for yourself and always asking yourself, okay, what do I really want? And so for me, how I planned the transition was I gave myself 12 months from the day I got out to the you know 12 months after that. So I planned everything within that 12-month period. And for, for those that are, that are yet to experience transition, I kind of broke it down into two different sections or two different categories, if you will. One was financial and two was purpose. So I wanted to make sure that whatever I did outside the, you know, at 12 months after I got out, that I was financially stable for myself and my wife. And so the planning process began about 12 months before I got out. So we're talking about kind of a 24 month period. And so if you're contemplating on getting out, sure that you're planning for the financials. And then the second part for me was purpose. And Stephen Kuhn, my business partner, he was just recently interviewed by Nick and a lot of the things that we talk about goes back to purpose. And so if you're, if you're asking yourself, what am I driven by? What am I driving towards you know, this, this subject of purpose? You're going to start finding your answers and it may take a little while, but ensuring that you have the financial focus and also the purpose focus for me allowed for continued progress forward in life. And so the 12 month period, you know, of having what I, what I did when I got out into 12 months, you know, for me looked like the GI bill, you know, I, so I, I did college, you know, use the GI bill for 12 months and my wife and I, we moved actually down to the country of Panama. So we, we also did a road trip that lasted about three months after we got, after I got out of the military. And so all of that was part of the plan. Get out. You know, I was, I was in Germany at the time. And so I got out, moved, moved back to the U.S., did a three-month road trip across the U.S., spanning about 37 states. And then about a month after that, we moved down to Panama for a year and a half. And so all of that was planned, both you know, from a purpose standpoint and from a financial standpoint. So you know, that would be my advice from a macro standpoint for anybody that's transitioning out of the military to plan for those at least 12 months because 12 months is a, is a great, I would say, in-between time frame because if you do it any less than that, you're not thinking long-term. And if you think longer than 12, about 12 months after you get out, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to change when we're talking about transition. So that would, that would, that's my general advice on the planning for transition. And that kind of relates to all you guys out there listening. Lane, an intelligent special forces guy, smart, all that. Same thing. We've had three or four of our guests on the show have talked about it. If you don't set up to make a plan 
you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because you're not giving yourself an opportunity to make adjustments to what your plan was. Meaning if you get out with no plan, with no plan, there's nothing to adjust to. You're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. But if you have a plan in place, both financially and with a purpose, like, and take what he's saying for this guys, purpose would be what you want to do with your life after you get out. Like what you job type of do, what type of job you want to have or whatever. But the financial part was important too, because I'm sure Lane saved up a lot before he got out. So him and his wife could do all the things he talked about doing, traveling a little bit, doing all that, then moving. And then he found a purpose. He went back to school for a little while to help God to help. Cause like he said, when he first started talking, right. He didn't really have a plan in place when he was 17. He just went in the army. He had no real, but through the military, he learned that, Hey, if I have a plan, if I set a plan up in place, it'll make me successful because that's what SS teaches us. That's what the special operators do. They have plans. They pre-plan. They over, they almost over plan sometimes. So that's not guys. But the point is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And see, that's why Lane's the way he is now. He makes plans because he knows if he makes a plan, he can adjust and adapt his plan, but he can stay on point for the plan. You follow where I'm going. So if you get out and you have a plan, like I'm going to go back to college for a year, finish my degree. And then I'm going to try to get in the field. I want to, that's a purpose. But how are you taking care of yourself financially? The GI Bill is going to help you a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because it's going to give you that stipend if you're full time and all. Because you got, you remember, there's rules to the GI Bill. You got to be full time to get that stipend. You got so many credit hours per semester, yada yada. So there, it's not like you just take one class a month or one class a semester and you're going to get all that money. It ain't don't work like that. The military wants you to be a full time student to get that money. That's what they're looking for. So, but like Lane said, there's a plan in place, right? We've had other veterans on here that have talked about the same thing. The success, and let's be honest are more successful veterans that have been on here. And not that they're not successful now, but in the beginning when they first got out were the ones that had plans. And then they kind of stayed along that track. They might've had to deviate a little bit. I'm sure Lane had a moment where shit, a hiccup came and he had to kind of adjust fire, but then he got back on his lane and got back in lane and on in the lane yep. <laughs> and got back to the plan because he also probably anticipated there was going to be hiccups. You know, never know. And I'm not, I'm just throwing this out. His wife might've got sick or his fam, someone in his family might've got sick and it threw him off a little bit, but he can adjust to that. Right. We can adjust to those things. So Lane set himself up for success when he got out. Cause he said, he said 12 months in the first, but then when you really think about it, it was like 24 months because he had a 12 month plan, but it was going to take him 12 months to get there. So he was planning it out 12 months earlier than that. So it turned into 24 months of planning. Right. And that's what I'll tell all of you out there. I did the same thing. I didn't do as good a job as I should have done when I got out. That was one of the reasons why I struggled for a little while because I really, I, I like a lot of you know, my dad was in the military for my whole life. I was 19 when I went in the army, right? My dad was in the Navy for 20 years. So guess what? He retired. I went in and then I served for 20 years. So my whole entire life, I only knew one lifestyle way to live, which was military, whether I was a dependent or I was a soldier. And then I got out at 39 years old and for the first time in my life, I was a civilian. And I didn't know what the hell to do. You know what I'm saying? I didn't honestly know what to do. But that's the difference between me and a lot of other veterans. Lane's a little different too. He had a different lifestyle. He came in the military, found his way, then decided, hey, it's time for me to get out because I want to do other things, which is great. I actually applaud veteran soldiers that get out after they only do eight, nine, 10 years. And they say, look, I like the army, but I don't know if I want to do a lifetime in the army. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what I did, yada, yada. But I want to get out and do other things. I'm still 20 in my 20, late 20s or early 30s. And I want to really have, hey, man, I used to tell my soldier time, if you only came in for the GI Bill and that's just do the best you can for the four years you're with me and then get out and be, be successful on the outside. I'm fine with that. So it doesn't matter. It's all like Lane said earlier. It's, all, it's about his plan and him and his wife's plan. He said his wife too, right? I back that up. My wife did the same thing. When I hit 20, 19 years, my <laughs> wife said, your ass is going S1, Sarge. It's time to go. I said, yes, ma'am. So that's when I went and filled out my retirement paper. But the point is, there was a plan in place, right? My wife and I, my wife had a better plan than I did, to be honest with you guys. I mean, my wife had a plan. I just was like, yes, ma'am, after that. And I was just following her plan and kind of doing what she told me to do to kind of get my life kind of, I'd never been a civilian, so I was confused. So I was, I'd be honest with you, I was confused. I didn't know what the fuck to do because I, my whole life I got up at 5.30 in the morning 
Yeah. And one of the, you know, (laughs) yeah, one of the things about that really helped me, especially on the purpose aspect was this kind of theory of analogy that I have is, is basically that whatever skill sets, whatever things that you did in the military that can be advantageous for your next chapter in life, you have to begin to take steps towards that. And basically, you know, what I mean by that, or an example is that, you know, in the military, we have, you know, core values and principles that we live live by the military creeds and those kinds of things and being able to take those and almost create one for your for yourself or for your own life and to be able to be guided like that is what helped me also this theory of analogy is that being able to take the things that you're really good at and from the military and applying them to the next chapter in your life yep so it's it's really, and to, to say simply, my strategy was to take all the good shit from the military and then leave the bad shit out, right? So as I, you know, I look at life as like a book and I had a, a military chapter book and actually there were probably several chapters of the military and then transitioning from a military chapter of my life to a non-military, bringing all the good stuff that I enjoyed about the military and then basically creating a life that didn't have the bad stuff. You know, for example, like I like to travel, you know, I've traveled about 40 countries and that's, you know, the military provided an opportunity for that. But what I didn't like was not traveling with my wife (laughs) because a lot of the missions and all this kind of stuff that I did, my wife wasn't part of it. So now I'm creating a life to where most of my travel is with my wife. And as we continue to move forward, it'll just be more and more. And, you know, sometimes there'll be a trip with the boys and all that kind of stuff. But the part where adventure and exploration that was provided by the military, I brought it back, you know, into this next chapter and, and I'll continue to do so. But I left the not traveling with my wife part out of it. So, that, you know, so whatever skill sets, whatever experiences that could be advantageous for your next chapter in life, you got to bring that in there. And this is something that Stephen Kuhn and I, we co-authored the book called Unleash Your Humble Alpha. And we talk about this extensively about purpose and identity and certainty in life. And so one of the things that we begin with is your identity. And this is a tough one for, especially for military people and veterans, is that we hold on our identity to external things outside of ourselves to include the military uniform. And so it's, I might ruffle a little bit of feathers here, but you know, once you get out of the military, understanding that the military was a part of you, but you weren't the military. You are, you can always have the soldier, you know, like as a part of you, but you are you. And being a soldier, being an airman, all those things can be complimentary of who you are. And as you move forward in life, you're going to be able to almost attach these, these aspects of your identity, but that's not who you are. Yeah, and we've, we've had t- a lot of that conversation. It's not who you are, who you were, it's who you are now. Who you were was great, but who are you now as a civilian? Who are you now as not a military guy? Like, I'm glad you brought that up, Lane, because I'm one of those guys, man. I see all those veterans wearing their hats to say they're a veteran, and they do shit. And it's, a lot of it's that narcissistic part of our personality that still wants to get that respect of being a soldier, respect that people that can give you that extra level of respect or whatever. But my thing is, you know, I don't wear any of that stuff. I wear my charity stuff and stuff because I help soldiers, but. I don't wear hats to say I'm a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan or Bosnia or wherever I was at. Or I don't even wear military stuff anymore that much anymore because I'm trying to transition into the person I want to be now. I want to be proud of my service and I don't ever want to forget it. 
but that's not who I am anymore. I'm not sorry. First class Valentine anymore. I'm not that person. I'm John Valentine now, Nick Valentine for my friends. So it's not like that. And I think that's an, that's why I'm excited about the book, man. I mean, I pre-ordered the book and I really want you to get more in depth with what you and Steve were trying to accomplish. Cause I think that book is going to open some eyes, man. I'm going to probably order a book of them to have in my store here too. Cause I mean, I want to be able to sell them to the soldiers around. I don't know about it because I think transitioning out of the military is so challenging and it has so many hurdles because the military, you know, the prototypical perfect soldier, the narcissistic history on like antisocial drug abuser. I mean, that's literally the psychological makeup of what makes a perfect grunt, what makes a perfect infantry soldier. Because <laughs> yeah. I worked in mental health. And I'm telling you, narcissistic, histrionic, antisocial drug abuser. Those are the, And the reason those four things come into play is because that's the mentality of those go-getter type of attitude. They can't be beaten. They can't lose. They're so cocky. They're so proficient. They're so athletically talented. So they got a mixture of everything. But that's not the prototypical like logistical soldier or medical soldier where but the infantry guys, the combat guys, that's why I know. Cause like people don't talk about this. And I think it's important lane too. When you went to selection, what, what do you think? Cause see, I worked with selection groups. I actually went through selection when I was younger, sold it to myself cause I thought that was my lane, but I got hurt and I said, well, maybe it's not my lane. So I went a different director, but I know for a fact, I had buddies that went through selection and smoked it, but didn't get selected because of the psychological batteries they do on you. And then they were like, no, you're not going to be a good fit for the teams because you're too narcissistic or you're too histrionic. And you're not a team enough guy. You're too much of a yourself guy or whatever. So I tell people about it too. All my my guys right here running around Fort Hood because the special force recruiters right there. Like, oh, hey man, it's more than the phys- the physical is important. But trust me, they can get you through the physical shit. They can make you stronger, but they can't yeah. mentally prepare you for this. You have to be mentally ready to go into this. You can't just go into special forces or special operations command and think you're in it because you're some kind of PT stud. They yeah, don't give so a shit it's about actually you. it's actually the opposite. Yeah, they. I mean. You know, for me, the physical preparation that people do for selection or or otherwise is going to help you with your mental stamina, if you will. But what they're looking for is the the mental aptitude and a certain type of personality to where, yes, you're confident, but not too cocky or you're and, and not cocky. That's exactly it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I used to so, run the battery test for him. I'm telling you, I could look, I could see the test results. For as soon as I got him, I'm like, yeah, he ain't going to get picked. <laughs> this dude better yeah, this dude better change his shit quick or he ain't getting picked because his shit's not right they're not going to want this guy in the group so yeah and for the most part they the the whole special forces qualification course is set up and selection to include is set up to find that particular guy to where he's got to be a certain amount of you know physical strength and stamina but also the mental and the psychological aspects they test all of that thing and you know i kind of relate the special forces to the humble alpha but it's more of a universal and so you asked, you know, what, what's the point of this book? Yep. And it's really geared towards helping men step into their greatness. And of course, the principles in this book apply to both male and female. But since Stephen and I are both dudes, we're, we're bros, you know, you know we yep. wrote the book for, for guys. Yep. We have plans on how to apply this same philosophy to the female and we'll bring in, you know, a humble alpha female, you know, to perhaps co-author the next one or that, that book. But Yep. You know, we, we believe that every man has greatness within. And this book is designed to help extract that greatness that's already there. You know, it's just over time, whether it's through bad influences growing up, people that are not looking out for, for your interest, experiences and challenges that, that people get stuck in. And it's all these things that we kind of start kind of wearing almost, you know, on our shoulders 
and just bad, you know, let's call it bad stuff, you know, about these limiting beliefs or, hey, I'm not good enough or I don't know what to do or I'll probably never be good enough. You know, all these things that we tell ourselves, these stories and everything and other people telling it too, that we actually take that upon ourselves and actually believe it. And our philosophy is that when you take away all that BS, all the limiting beliefs and all the bullshit that people tell us, that what is left is you, this great man that's already there and we're helping you uncover it. And so the book is broken down into five different steps, you know, five stages. And, and it's, it's really about uncovering your true identity, your true purpose. And then once you have that, this foundation of knowing you can start building teams around you. You can be the leader of these teams and you know how to empower teams and you, you can, you can uh, be able to then expand into partnerships and joint ventures. And then at the end, we talk about quality of life and that's the name of our company, Quality Life Enterprises. And that's the thing that we're actually all aiming for is this, I don't want to call it perfectly balanced because life is dynamic, but we come to this state to where it doesn't matter what you're doing in life whether it's on vacation or in business with family, that you are fully enjoying that present moment because you've designed your life to where I'm doing the kind of work that I want to be doing. I'm making the impact that I want to be making. I'm spending the time with the people that I really enjoy spending time with. And I'm providing whatever value that I can to all those people in my life. And because you're doing that and you set it up intentionally, it doesn't matter what your next step looks like in life. Because it's going to be good because you designed it that way. You know what, man? And I talked to Stephen about this off when we were done with the podcast a little bit because I, you, you hit home with me and the book hits home with me because of the conceptual way you're thinking about it, right? Because let's think about the military for a minute. The military, when you come in the basic training, they break you all the way down and then build you back up the way they want you to be built up. Some of us do that okay. Some of us handle that really well. Some of us don't. And some of us get traumatized from that, that experience alone. And then those are the soldiers that usually get chaptered out for chapter 13s or 14s because of bad conduct or they're just not showing up to formation on time because they just don't fit in and they don't. So this book, in my opinion, could be instrumental in those type of veterans who've gotten out with not necessarily the best conduct discharge or general under honorable conditions or general discharge or even a bad conduct discharge. This book might help you kind of refine yourself and allow yourself to become the man or the woman that you were supposed to be because it's going to open your eyes to those things that you can address and that you can work on to get there. So I'm super stoked about this book, guys. I mean, all you other listening, listen, I already pre-ordered it. I pre-ordered the day that they, they, they've been sending me shit. I've been, I emailed out to my whole fan base and everything else from our nonprofit and everything else. I know I pre-ordered it because I'm stoked to get it because Stephen, I've known Stephen for a couple of years now. I just met Lane a little while back, but I just know about his, I know about his stature in the group that I'm in because of the way he carries himself. And plus, he's a special forces guy, so you know he's, he's an intelligent man and he's doing the shit he's got to do because he's been through some shit. But this book for you guys out there listening, I mean, I'm super excited to read this book because anything I can do to improve myself to be a better husband, a better man, a better person, and just a better person in society to make my community stronger, I'm all about absorbing all that information because my goal in my life and what I do for my nonprofit and my business is it's not to make a lot of money and be rich. It's not. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to have a lot of money because I know I'll be an idiot if I have a lot of money. But I know if I make my family comfortable, right? But I make my community stronger, then my lifestyle will be better. My life for my family will be better because my community is stronger. We're looking out for each other. We're taking care of each other. And if we all just take care of our own communities first and stop worrying about what's going on in politics in the world and all this other bullshit, if we're all just safe and take care of each other in our own communities, the world gets better. 
And that's just Nick's perspective on life because the way I look at it is if my city and my town, everybody's happy, we're treating each other right, and there's no crime problems, look, then we're living pretty fat where we're living pretty large because it's not about how much money we make. It's about how we treat each other. And this book is going to allow you to figure out how to treat yourself so you can become that person. And I think that's a huge, a huge deal. And I'm super excited about it, Lane. So, I mean, first of all, thank you for doing that with Steven. I mean, I did, thank you for the company you guys built out and the way it's going because I think potentially with the Vegetarian Tribe and the other type of – there's like a gazillion veteran groups on Facebook, FYI, too. So yeah. go <laughs> But if you get in those groups and you publish that stuff, say, look, this book's out there. Just check it out. Try it. You'll see what's up. Because, like, literally, I'm going to probably buy a gazillion copies, and then I'll probably be giving them away to soldiers that are getting out of the Army when I go. Because we average about 200 soldiers a month get out of the Army from Fort Hood every month. There's at least 200 soldiers every month between ETS and retiring and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of soldiers getting out of, from Fort Hood all the time. So I'm already involved in the in and out process and all that stuff. So I'm going to try to get in there and be like, hey, man, there's this opportunity to get this book. I'll probably ask for a donation for it. But hey, if you want to give a donation for the book, great. If you don't, you want the book, take the book because it's going to set you up for success later on because you're getting out and you're becoming somebody you're not. Exactly. Yeah. You and, yeah. You're becoming somebody you're not when you get out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that whenever you have yourself figured out, you know you who you are, you know what you need to do in life. And we divide it up into identity and purpose. Yep. Identity is who you are and then purpose is what you do in life. Whenever you have that for yourself figured out, it's much easier for you to navigate life and also bring in the right people. Because imagine this is it. If you don't know where you're going and you don't know who you are, it's really difficult to find the right company. And what I mean, the company you keep, the right people to surround yourself, the right team. Yep. And so whenever you know exactly who you are and what you're doing, it is a million times easier for you to find the right people to complement your skill set and what you're doing. Because whenever you know who you are and what you're doing, you're going to attract other people that know who they are and what they're doing. And it's just this synchronistic way to build a, a powerful yeah. team. Yeah, your circle grows so much stronger because people like want to be influenced by people like you and like each other. That You can become stronger that way, yeah. Great. Yeah, and you're not trying to bullshit anybody. You're not trying to be somebody that you're not. You're, trying to not, you're not trying to fake anything. Yep. And so to give an example, about four months ago, Stephen Kuhn and I, we partnered up with an existing business here in San Diego. And that's actually where I'm at right now at the time of this recording. And we partnered up with this guy named Guy Page, and he owns a acupuncture business. And we brought on another veteran that lives in Oregon that has a construction company for, of 25 years, Navy veteran. And so all four of us, all veterans, partnered up to establish this business again and to take it to the next level. And we're all, we have all different experiences. We have all different skill sets. We all have different things that we're good at. Guy's really good at outreach and connection and relationships because he's lived in San Diego his whole entire life. And I have a specific set of skills uh, Jeff has and Stephen has. And so we all have these different aspects that we bring to the table. And we can only do that when we know exactly who we are and what we're doing in life. And whenever we, and that's, that's the point I was trying to make is you're able to build the right team when you know those things about yourself and you're going to attract those that know them, those things about themselves as well. And so that's one of the critical aspects of the book is you come to this place of knowing or certainty that I don't know what's going to happen in life because, you know, there's so many factors there's so many, you know, other influences as you're moving through life. But one thing that you do know is that this next step that I'm taking in life, I'm going to take it with 100% conviction, 100% certainty that 
it's all going to be good because I know who I am and I know what I'm doing. All these other things, you know, that, you know, COVID-19, for example, you know, the point of the humble alpha is that we don't know or we don't need to know how everything's going to be all good as we move through this situation. We just know that it is that we are going to we have the confidence within ourselves and the team around us to be able to figure out and to be able to respond in the appropriate way to that to make sure that we're going to be successful no matter what happens that internal knowing and it's you know when you're transitioning from the military to post military that it's a it's an uncertain environment it's this thing where like man i just i hope i find the right thing i'm going to try a bunch of stuff you know and a lot of people when they get out of the military they try a lot of different things and uh, you know myself included I tried all these different ventures, these different projects, these, you know, a couple of actual businesses and they didn't work out. But you know what, what I did was I knew that I had to take these steps based on the conviction that I had for the thing. And it's only by validating via experience that you'll be able to know that, yes, this is my thing. This is the thing that I need to be doing in life. You know, when you read the book, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, you'll be able, and then the second second stage or the second section where we talk about purpose, we, we talk about this extensively. How do you find your purpose? How, what are the steps to find your purpose? And, you know, when you read the book, you'll see, you'll see all the steps and the exercises and you'll be able to come to a place of validation to where you're asking yourself a lot of questions. What do I like? How do I get in a state of flow? What do people tell me that I'm good at? you know, all these different things and you come to a realization, it's like, okay, I think this is it. I think this is the thing I need to be doing in life. And then the next step is to validate. You actually have to experience the thing that you think you want to do. And for one of the great or a great example is entrepreneurship. You know, a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is great. (laughs) You know, they, they think it would be cool to do it, but once they actually do it, it's tough. You know, there's a lot of stuff you got to figure out. And it's both on, you know, the profit and the nonprofit side, you know, as Nick knows. And only by experience, you're going to be able to validate that, yes, this is what I want to be doing. It is. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. All right. Not only that, but Unleash Your Humble Alpha, these guys, Stephen and Lane, every book they sell, they donate a little bit of money to help feed some kids, man. So, Lane, let's talk about that real quick, because I think that's, to me, that just it amplifies and justifies everything you guys are doing, not only to help your fellow man and or woman, if they take from the book from it, but the fact that you guys are doing something and donating to a nonprofit that's helping feed children in need is amazing. So talk a little bit about that, that nonprofit you're working with. Yeah. So, you know, Stephen and I, we try to set up everything that we do as a win, win, win kind of situation. And this book is no different. So we've partnered up with a nonprofit called Generosity Feeds. And basically they've fed a lot, a lot of kids over the past nine years. And they basically donate food all across events across the U.S. And so we partnered up with them. So a portion of the, all the sales of every book will be donated to them. And thus far, we've already fed over a thousand kids and we're just getting started. So, you know, it's, and it's one of those things where being able to set up a win, win, win is, is what we talk about in the book is impact outside of self. And, whenever you know who you are and what your purpose is and you build a team and you're doing joint ventures and stuff, well, the next step is to be able to create a way to impact outside of self where you have no reward, basically. Just, you're just doing good because you can and you come to a place. You know, because you know, 
business is business. You know, setting up win-win-win situations in business is great. But then to go one step further to where I'm going to do something where it doesn't, it does has no effect on me. I just know that it's doing good in the world because when I was growing up, there was a lot of, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of, you know, our family didn't have a lot of money, you know, during Christmas time, you know, we got gifts and food and Thanksgiving and food was donated to us by, you know, more, you know, families that had more than we did. And so I know the, the impact that it has to receive gifts from the kindness of somebody's heart. And, and I never knew who they were. You know, they were the, the silent Santa kind of like gift or pantry or whatever it was. But I knew that how that made me, my sister and my mom feel, you know, being able to receive that from just the kindness of other people's hearts. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that drives us. And so that's why we added it part of, you know, we designed the, the, the book launch to, to include that. So yeah, yeah very yeah. excited about that. I'm super proud of both of you. I mean, that, that to me says more about the type of character of men that you guys are than anything that you do. I mean, the book is going to be amazing. I know that already because you and Steven are, are two A plus type of people. But the fact that you put other people ahead of your own needs and you made, like you said, a win, win, win. I mean, how do you go wrong with that, right? You can look at yourself in the mirror now. You know you're doing it. You've already fed a thousand kids. And there's, it's just going to keep going as the book starts getting launched out there and gets moving, guys. So order the book. All right. Order. Even if you don't want to read it, buy it for somebody, you know, one of the soldiers or veterans, you know, out there that might be struggling a little bit, make it a gift, do it as a Christmas gift, a birthday present. But you're going to know when you buy this book, you're also helping to feed some kids that are in need, man. And there's a lot of kids out there. No kid should go hungry. Right. And it's kind of a concept that we hear in America all the time. But this organization that they're working with is doing the great thing. So you guys pick a book up. All right. We're going to plug the book. I'm going to plug the book. It's a selfish plug for me because I'm excited to get it. I know Lane. I know Steven personally. So I just know that this book is going to give some value to me. So why not buy the book, support these guys, plus help some feed some kids. So there you go, right? So if you're out there, veteran, be real listeners, look at the book. You'll see, you'll find this link on our website, on Lane's link, and it'll be on Steven's link too, but it'll be on Lane and Steven's link. You'll be able to find it to go purchase the book. You can pre-order it now. I think you can still pre-order it still, but they're getting ready to launch. It's getting ready to go live here hot in a hot minute. They got a good publisher. They're getting ready to go. So get out there, find the book, pre-order it like I did. I pre-ordered it a couple months ago, a month ago or so ago. You can pre-order it right now. I got a hard copy. You can get paperback, all, right, all kind of stuff. So just think about it because these guys are doing the right thing. So Lane, we plugged the book pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> but if there's anything else out there that we can do for you as a veteran and active duty community, what can we do to help you out, Lane, you and your company with what's going forward for you? Got anything coming up or anything we can do to help you? Yeah, so the website for the book is humblealphabook.com. So if you want to get five or 10 books and you'll feed a bunch of kids, that's great. Some other things that Stephen and I are involved in is the Vetpreneur Tribe, which we talked about before. So if you are in the military and thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, there's a group on Facebook called the Vetpreneur Tribe. The link will be in the show notes. And you can also go to vetpreneurtribe.com to find out more information. But it's, a, it's an online community. It's been, a while for, been around for a couple of years, and it's centered around support, collaboration, and elevation. You know, and that's, those are the principles that we live by in the Vetpreneur Tribe. And so if you're interested in entrepreneurship at all, this is a great group for you to start picking people's brains, start asking questions and find out what industry you may be you know, interested in and to be able to shorten the learning curve because in the group, there's a bunch of people on a bunch of different levels. So there's some beginners, there's some people that have been around for a couple of years, there's some very highly successful people. There's, I mean, Nearly every industry of business is covered in the Vetpreneur Tribe. So if you're interested in that, be sure to join. And yeah, there, Listen, guys, there's over 14,000 veterans in that group, all right? And Lane's not kidding. I've made 
some long, I've made some lifelong friends now in there. I've made some mentors in there. I've met mentors. I've met friends. I've met just guys. Hell, I even ran into guys I was in the army with at some point in the military. We've been talking and connecting on Facebook. So there's a lot of opportunities in that, in that group. All right. It's just called Vetrepreneur Chart. Just, just search veteran service groups on, you'll find it, but it's, you'll see the link in the, in the show, show notes and on the Veterans Be Real website, it'll be on the link there too. There'll be, you guys can jump in there. So, cause I'm working now with Steven and these guys and, and it is basically a collaborational type of group. It's not like somebody trying to pull you down or shit on you. Yes, there are a few guys in there, but you got 10% of everybody out there that's just dipshits. So exactly. that happens. But cause there are some guys in there that I just can't stand that are even in there still, but that's just the way it goes. But the point is, you know, there's 10% of life. That's 10% of the army was like that. 10% of life's like that. But what Lane's talking about is, the collaboration opportunities, the mentorships you can bring out. You guys can meet guys like Lane and Steve because if you put in there and say, hey, I'm starting a business, I'm going to be a lawn care service guy. I'm telling you, there's going to be 20 guys in there that have a lawn care, so they're going to start giving you insight on what you should look for, what you should buy, the right equipment you need right to start off if you're starting versus overspending too soon or whatever. I did it. When I started a, I started a liquor company, and I reached out, and I started this, and I got a coffee company now. And there's guys that do all that, and they can, hey, Nick, yeah, go here. Check this out first. So that group is set up to make you successful because 90% of people in there are good people that are trying to help another veteran be successful. There's still 10% in there that are just douchebags, but that's just the way life is, guys. And you just you gotta you gotta figure that out on your own. And if you, you and if you have a problem with somebody in the group, you can just reach out to the admin and they'll look into it. And they're actually really good about looking into shit and holding people accountable. So they're they do they do a good job of that now. Back in the day, they weren't so good about it, but now they're much better about it. All right. I mean, we'll talk about that later. But what Lane's talking about is true, is that there's people out there that want to help you be successful and they want to help you because you're a veteran because they're veterans too. And they want to make sure all of us, we're still taking care of our brotherhood and sisterhood. We're still trying to square each other away. Like we did in the military, right? Never leave a fallen comrade behind, right? Same deal, same kind of concept. We're not going to leave you behind. We're going to try to pull you up and lift you up and make you a stronger businessman or, or whatever you're doing. All right. So Lane, thank you, my friend for being on. I appreciate your time, brother. And I'm super excited about the book, man. I can't wait for it to come out, man. I'm really waiting to get it in my, in my mailbox. I just got a book the other day and I read through it in like two days. And my wife's like, Jesus, you know, like, hey, you know, I need to read this stuff. So I, I got to educate myself still. So we're good. But I'm excited, bro. So thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you, brother. And yeah, have a great day. You too, bro. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone. I'm out of here. Oh,